welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Have you got any questions about healing or comments or frustrations or I, I love the topic because, yeah, I think it's it's just a great way um, to show people that they are loved. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit struggling with uh, the topic why why people sometimes don't get healed. I mean, in one of the sessions we had uh, with Alan, we saw, mm. don't know the name of the guy, mm. and he was talking about all the things which didn't, didn't happen, and mm. I think he has a really good access rate, mm. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, yeah, that it's, on the one side, sure God is not working like we want him to work not always <laughs> but <Really? laughs> um, yeah I think I, I still struggle a bit with that topic yeah I think we will struggle with that topic this side of heaven or this side of Jesus coming back or this side of whatever Um. But I think what you have to decide is what you're going to do with that struggle. And I think what most people do with that struggle is decide not to bother. And the problem with deciding not to bother is that's the sure, definite way of not seeing any healing. So you end up in this kind of circle whereby you're a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think it's a given that... I don't know that there is anybody I know of who, as amazing a healer or not they are, that everybody they pray for gets healed. As a theological stance and standard, I don't have any problem with that because I can't, I can't understand another theology that fits in with a God who has completely set us free from sin and death I can't understand the theology that then would add on to that God having completely set us free him adding sickness and disease and whatever as part of his his um, uh, absolute perfect plan for us so I think I think the issue is how do you deal with the struggle? Easiest way to deal with the struggle? Stop paying, praying for people. Uh, in our Western world, we have quite a liberty to do that because we've got a healthcare system which will keep people alive for a reasonable length of time and it doesn't cost us anything. Of course, it costs us our taxes, but we don't get any choice about that. Um, 
which is why I think sometimes in other countries they actually do see more healing because they don't always have that option to just say, I'm not bothering about healing. I've got a good healthcare system and I'm going to go with that good healthcare system. And, um, you know, if you want to go with the healthcare system, fantastic, go ahead. Uh, it, it has its advantages and it has its disadvantages, but it certainly is not a perfect healing system by any means. Um, so I don't think God loves us any less if that's what we decide to do, but I do think the church heals less if that's what we decide to do, if you understand what I mean. It's not because you've gone to the doctor, but I think embracing the healthcare system is a symptom of not believing in healing in a way. I'm not saying you shouldn't, and I'm not saying that if you do, you can't get healing. I'm not saying any of those things. I just think it's really easy for us to decide I'm not bothering with healing because it's just too difficult. I don't see enough people healed. I can't deal with the disappointment. I can't heal with. I can't deal with getting them excited about healing, and then nothing happens. I can't deal with any of those things, and then deciding forget about it. We have a luxury that we have a healthcare system which will keep us alive for a while uh, or cure us or whatever it will do um, but I think these issues are more of an issue in places where you just don't have the healthcare system and I think that's partly why they report more healings because they just have to have healing otherwise they're not going to going to going to make it and I think the issue is I can't tell you a theo- I can't tell you a theology that will help you I can't tell you a technique that will help you. I can't say, well, if you just say this prayer every time, it's going to work. I think what... what And I know it sounds a bit pessimistic, but I think we just have to face the fact that God is the healer. For whatever reason, at this moment in our time, we do not yet see the manifestation 100% of complete healing. The same as he set us free from sin, but we don't yet see the manifestation in our lives of never sinning again. That doesn't mean to say he hasn't set us free from sin. It doesn't mean to say that God purposed sin for our lives. It doesn't mean that he intended for us to sin. He didn't. It's just that we're living in this time at the moment, which I think is the time of faith. So there's, faith has to come into the, the pot and that's because there is a reality in heaven there is a finished reality in heaven and that's why we were to pray you know let your will on earth as it is in heaven so the will of god is in heaven and that is his will but it it is faith that causes it to happen on earth otherwise there would be no sickness already there would be no sin there would be nothing because god wouldn't need us to pray for the sick he would heal the sick himself, but there's a partnering that God has ordained for us to bring down the kingdom of heaven and the rule of heaven on earth, because as yet we're in this tension that we are members of the, we've entered into the kingdom of heaven, we can live in the reality of that, but in our physical reality, that's not the reality that everybody is living in uh, yet. So... I think this is the dispensation of faith. This is the time of faith. And that's great because faith pleases God. I mean, God loves it when we operate in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, it says. So, there's, I mean, even believing him is faith, isn't it? Even 
living in his love is faith so I'm not talking about a faith that you have to work up and you know you've got no faith so you're not pleasing God I mean the very fact that you believe that God loves you and is one with you is faith isn't it so faith faith is not a difficult thing it's just at this time on this earth we live by faith and healing comes through faith and that can be your faith or their faith or corporate faith or whatever faith but there's an element in it that involves faith but to be honest there's an element in the whole of life that involves faith um you know it, it's just part of our life it's part, it's part of our life with god so i i would i think it's better to develop a strategy to deal with the disappointment which sounds counter intuitive you'd think i would just say go for it god's a healer that's it everybody's going to get healed rah 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 go out there and heal the sick but i know it is not that easy and therefore what do you do just tell people rah 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 god's a healer go out and do it and then you yourself will have to deal with disappointment very soon or do we be a bit more kind of talk about it and say i completely believe that god is a healer i don't think i don't have any doubt that his heart is not is not for healing I, I i refuse personally to go down a theology that says oh god chose not to heal me god didn't do it uh, god this god that because i don't see that as who my god is i don't see it in my experience of him i don't see it in what is written of him in the bible i don't see it in my theology i just don't see it so i'm quite careful now about what i say because i'm i refuse to stand on the side that says well god just is a liar or god is not true or god didn't do it i i understand we're talking about the same thing i mean if you're you know if somebody's got cancer and they still have cancer after you've paid for them and they continue to get sicker i understand that they have not yet seen the healing that they need nor am I agreeing with this idea that oh praise God they're all healed in the spirit blah 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 and then physically there's no benefit to them because the healing that Jesus did was a physical healing that benefited people the blind could see the lame could walk it wasn't that they had a nice touch from God and had a bit of a happy experience and then continued to be blind it was real the, the physical healing so I think from this is how I deal with things okay I don't ever blame God I'm really careful about what I say because it affects my relationship with him and it's very devastating to walk down a path of well God just didn't heal it's his fault it's his choice because how do you deal with a God who chooses not to heal you what do you do about that well you live with this distant God who chooses yes or no according to how what his mood is that day or how good you've been or his higher purposes that you don't know about but that becomes he becomes a very distant god because you can't really trust him or 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 you kind of have this trouble of knowing he's a loving father and yet this loving father that you know is choosing for you to have cancer and not helping you get out of it so you will struggle with your heart for god if you start believing that he is giving you sickness, keeping you sick, refusing to heal you. Um, so 
I just don't say it anymore. I have believed it for a long time, but I don't anymore because it doesn't help me heal the sick and it doesn't help me love God. So I say things like, um, he hasn't yet seen his healing. You know, I haven't yet seen it. It's mine, but I haven't yet seen it. I've not seen the physical reality of my healing. Um, because that's the truth. It's not that God didn't heal me. It's just I've not yet walked into the fullness of my healing. I know that says I'm not healed, but it doesn't say God didn't heal me. It just says there is this whatever it is at the moment that is not yet seeing the full manifestation of healing. So I think you ha- it helps to be careful with your words. It helps to stick to what you believe about God. Now, if you believe that God just decides some people are not healed, that's that's fine. If you can if you can live with that theology and justify it, you know, with scripture and that's who you believe God to be, then I I, I don't have a problem with you being sure about that. Um I haven't found that helps me. Um, so, so then, I, I deal with the issue of God. Okay, so I just don't believe it's God's fault, and that's the end of the story. I know people are not healed, but I don't believe that's God's fault. I think He's done everything and given everything and chosen everything. So, the problem then people have is, well, if it's our fault, because Christians and especially Christians in the Grey Circle can't bear the thought that. They could have any responsibility for anything or it be our fault. But I think, well, if it's not our fault, then what? It's God's fault. So then what? who's our God then? He's an imperfect God, isn't he? Now, when I say fault, I'm not talking about blame. I'm not talking about, you know, those kind of things. I'm just saying if we're looking at how to improve things, where do we look? Well, we can look to God and say, well, God, sorry, but you're failing at the moment. Could you do better? I don't think we're going to get very far there. Or we can look at our side of the of the, the thing and say, it, do we have a responsibility? Is it, is it something that we are doing? And when I say we, I don't necessarily mean you personally or you personally. I mean corporately us as human beings. I mean corporately us as the church uh, is there something in the church that we could be doing to um, improve our rate of healing and I would say definitely yes I don't pray for the sick every day sometimes I just think I can't be bothered sorry sometimes I think uh, I have no faith I just, I just cannot imagine you getting healed some days I would imagine you getting healed and other days I don't imagine. Sometimes we just don't think about it. We don't have any expectation like Ian was talking about. I don't have an expectation that I walk down the street and I'm going to lay hands on the sick because it's just not part of my, you know, thing today. And that's not because God doesn't love you anymore or does love you or not. It's just because we as human beings don't live 100% passionate for the things of God in the same way that Jesus seemed to do. I mean, Jesus was stepped out of, onto the street and healed the sick. Um, but we don't, because we're just, we're not as passionately taken up by the things of the kingdom as Jesus was. It's not a criticism, it's just we, we are, you know, we're a, we're a mix, and, and God loves us, and he, he you know, he, he, he knows who we are. He knows our 
frailty. But I think, therefore, we do have to think, do we have any responsibility in it? And I'm really sure for myself, if every day I get out of bed and say, God, who is it today I'm going to heal? Tell me who it is. And every day I look for that person and go to them and lay hands on them. And I think I'm going to see more people healed than if I don't do that. So I think there is, a, there is something about our own passion and our, our, our heart to see healing. And I think we can pray for God to do something to give us a greater passion. And of course, when we're sick, we have quite a great passion for healing. And when one of our friends is sick, we can develop a passion for healing. But I think we just get lazy about it. We just, we don't really live in that compassion that Jesus lived in. And um, I think we can. And then I think there is the issue of, there is a corporate issue. And I think as a church, you know, church is not just Kingsway, it's not just Life Church. We as a body of believers in this nation or this city, you know, there's a massive amount of unbelief. There's a whole lot of people that won't believe that God heals. There's a whole lot of people who have given up on God healing. There's a whole lot of people who think he might heal. And so you've got this... You know, you've got this kind of disunity within the body, which I think contributes to us not seeing healing. That's not to say that I can't lay hands on the sick and see healing, because of uh, there is enough power in me to see the sick healed. But I think if you look at the bigger picture, as a church body, there's probably quite a lot of unbelief. I know there's unbelief in me at times. So, you know, together, I think we live in corporate unbelief. And I think... Do we do things about that? Yes, we preach the truth. We encourage one another. We encourage one another. We spur one another on to love and good deeds. We remind each other, you know, don't forget we can heal the sick. Don't forget, you know, don't forget there's power. Don't forget. And that's why we teach and exhort and remind one another and encourage one another. And if somebody's, you know, not doing very well or in unbelief or whatever then you encourage them and and that's part of our life together as a as a body what i don't like at all and i'm i i really don't like it is if we're not careful with my approach we don't blame god we don't like blaming ourselves so we blame the sick person and i really can't stand it and and it's just horrible because Jesus never did it. And there's nothing worse than being sick. You can't get your healing or haven't got your healing. And then you get the condemnation of believing it's your fault. And I just don't see that as a godly way. And, and so I'm quite careful these days not to start blaming the sick. Which is why I'm a bit reluctant to go down all the digging up deep things of the past because as a sick person you can just get so frustrated that it's something that you haven't done or have done that you can't get healed and then you just end up focusing your whole life on trying to find what it is trying to find what that thing is what that unforgiveness is and it's a balance you know it's a real balance between because sometimes it is unforgiveness sometimes it is something that has come down your family that causes you to behave in a certain way that doesn't help you receive healing sometimes it is something that you're doing so there's this balance of I'm not going to investigate this in order to try and find the blame for why you're not healed 
But at the same time, if there is something that is easy to deal with, like your unforgiveness, or your bitterness, or your hatred, or your anger, or your addiction, or your whatever, then let's deal with it, because that would be a great thing to do, not only for your healing, but for the rest of your life, for not getting sick and not hurting yourself and others. So, so I think there is an aspect of, is there another cause of this sickness? Is there something that we need to look at? But I think the worst thing you can do in that situation is leave the sick person feeling that, you know, because actually you have enough power in you to heal that sick person, whatever. Whether it's a demon, whether it's a generational curse, whether it's a, whatever you think it is, you have enough power. Jesus just healed the sick. He didn't go through all the different healing methods. So even if there is an issue with the sick person, you have more than enough power to overcome that issue. So so I think you just have to cope with it. You find a, a coping mechanism. And I, I, I don't get it right every time, but my coping mechanism generally is when I pray for the sick, I tend not to think about all the ones that weren't healed because it doesn't help. I tend not to, for me as a doctor start thinking about the pathology and the prognosis and the likelihood of them ever getting better and all the complications I don't, I try not to think about those things, it just doesn't help um, I just tend to focus on God and just think God what is your heart for this person, how much do you love them and whatever they're doing, whatever they've done whatever the sickness, whatever anything, they are overwhelmingly loved by God and his heart for them is healing and if I can contribute anything towards that then I want to be a part of that and if that just means laying my hands on them and saying be healed then I'm going to be a part of that and I want to get myself in the best position to be able to do that now in the past we you know had healing meetings I've done hundreds of healing meetings, but we had healing meetings and you have to prepare yourself beforehand. So how you prepare yourself beforehand is you fast, you read the Bible, you repent of all your sins, you you know, you get yourself right. Now, I, I don't think that's how I prepare myself for healing somebody. I think the preparation for healing somebody is, am I in the faith? Am I believing God is good? Am I believing he's a healer? Am I believing that he's overwhelming love for this person will overcome every every hindrance and obstacle to their healing am I in that place of dwelling myself abiding in his love because I think that's the preparation you need for acts of faith it's abiding in his love now there's some there are some things that are you know related to that if I'm feeling guilty because of something that I'm doing or I'm feeling bitterness to somebody, or hatred, or anger, or whatever, I actually find it quite difficult to abide in God's love. Because honestly, once you're abiding in God's love, all your hatred and bitterness and anger for the other person disappears anyway. So there is a part of preparing yourself, but that preparation, I would say, is just remaining in his love. And that's what tells us in John, you know, remain, abide in his love. Stay there, don't go out of his love. And I think that's the biggest preparation for healing because do you remember that story we talked about it before about 
you know, Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration and the disciples couldn't heal this person and uh, the guy's son. And, and so Jesus doesn't, you know, spend 20 minutes meditating and trying to find God and whatever in order to prepare himself to heal this. He just does it. And I think our preparation is all the time and it's remaining in God's love. And I think, I think that's partly why I just can't, go down the line of God doesn't heal because how can you remain in the love of God knowing that he's the healer and his heart is healing and this other side of you is saying but God failed God failed me God didn't do this because it's really hard to remain in love so I would say remain in that place of knowing that God is a healer the fact we don't see it is not God's problem it's not our problem is not with God it's somewhere else and um, and just just stay in that place and it's not that clinical because it hurts when people that you pray for die it hurts you know we don't want people to die we don't want people not to get healed of their cancer and to be honest I mean Brian you know I did Brian Brian had passed away already June's husband had passed away hadn't he you never met him did you no Uh, well he yeah so um, I mean we prayed for him we laid hands on him. We prayed corporately. We declared. We did everything we knew how to do. We've we've all done it. And and I think there were times with Brian that I think I, d- I can't pray. I just I don't have it anymore. But then in those times you just think, well, we're a body, and somebody else will have the grace to pray at this moment. So it's not only about me. We're a body, and you know, there's sometimes you look and you think I can't do it, and yet the the person next to you can do it, and we're a body, and that's great. Um, but do we stop praying? No. I mean, we, we, we can't stop praying. And this isn't a this isn't an, a, a kind of cop out. Do you know the Do you know what it means to cop out? It means it's not just an excuse. But I think, especially praying on the street, my my heart is to see healing. But I am very, very convinced that if I lay hands on anybody on the street, it is impossible for them not to experience God in one way or another. And yes, I'd love to see healing, but I just think God do something and you know what it is that you're going to do. So I don't think we can ever declare that God did nothing because I think it's impossible if I lay hands on you, God is definitely going to do something. Even if it's just touch them with his love, touch them with a whatever whatever it is so I think we just have to you know expect and yes I'd love it for to be complete healing but God is definitely going to do something you know they will experience God so I just think the best thing to do is get your theology settled as much as we can I find it helpful not to blame God because I really struggle if it's God's fault because we've, we're hopeless if it's God's fault because what can you say? Well, I can pray for you, but if God chooses not to heal you, then sorry. You know, it's just a terrible gospel message. Uh, and, and if that's the case, we don't want to pray for the sick either because chances are I want to heal them, but God doesn't want to heal them. It's just horrible. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So our message is, the message of the cross is healing is finished and done with. God's heart is yes he doesn't withhold healing. I don't believe for any reason. I understand we wait for healing, but I don't think that's God because God says yes, but only in three weeks' time. I think it's because 
there's something that happens um, that that is necessary, but that isn't. No, I don't even think it's necessary. I think sometimes we're just slow to receive healing for whatever reason it is. So, but it's a battle of the mind. And you just have to, I think, rather than get disappointed, disappointment with God is awful. I had a, I had a horrible time when I was kind of in my early 20s of just not believing God again. Just not believing God at all. And my issue was disappointment with him. I, had, I didn't realise it was disappointment with him until I kind of worked out what was happening. But that was the fundamental issue. I was disappointed in him because he hadn't hadn't done what I thought he would do. He hadn't taken up my, you know, he hadn't... I'd, I'd wanted certain things to happen and he, he didn't seem to want me or, you know, didn't seem to... And um, it wasn't until... Actually, I forgave God. Of course, you don't have to forgive God. But for me, I had to forgive God because I was offended with him because he, I was disappointed in him. So disappointment with God is a killer don't do it just don't do it it, it it's awful um, uh, forgive him if you're disappointed with him because it, it just gets you nowhere it, it leads to absolute misery and I think that's one of the issues with healing we can easily get disappointed with God because we want to see people healed sickness is awful and sickness is so awful that God did something about it because it's awful to him as well so as much as I'd love to say to you, never mind, God will heal everybody you lay hands on, I, I feel like saying work out a strategy to not get not get disappointed. Keep your, keep your heart right with God. Remain in his love. And every person's a new person. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one that, you know. So you just have to keep going. Because for sure, when you stop, you're not going to see it. And I think you just have to find a place in God and sometimes we do have to go to God and say, God, I don't get it. I do not understand it. Can you show me why? What's going on? Uh, argue with him. Fight with him. I don't, you know, whatever. Sometimes God likes those questions. And it, it is interesting. You, re- you read these stories of some of these very famous healing ministers and they that was their journey. You know, John G. Lake family of 12 or 16 I think half of them died his siblings half of them died in childhood and young adulthood and I think it was at at that halfway point he just said God this is enough you know this is my family I'm not I'm not having it anymore something has to change we have to see healing of the sick and whatever he then had this massive healing ministry they had these they said the hospital shut down in the town where he was in Spokane and, um, you know, he had these healing rooms and people came when they were sick and and got ministered to by healing ministers and um, and they got, he had a massive rate of healing. Um, so I, I don't know why that has to be. I'd love to say I can lay hands on you and everybody you ever lay hands on will be healed. Uh, it's not my yet my experience and therefore we have to just become resilient and, you know, Stay with God. Don't start blaming God, I would say. But that's the battle. That's the battle of faith. Because the the battle for your faith will always try and pull you away. Did God really say, God's not really like that. God's a liar. God's not true. It's not true. He's not real. 
and it's just this this words to pull you away from remaining in his love so that's that's the battle that we have and yeah it's really easy not to pray for the sick but that's the surefire way of not seeing anybody healed so you uh, make your choice decide <laughs> but it is it's you know I think I, I, I think um, you know you hear people even these famous famous healing ministers I think Bill Johnson's secretary died of cancer didn't she you know, he says, I don't know, I don't know, we did everything. We did the same as we did for all the others that got healed, and I don't know. Um, one of the things I learnt when I was away, which helped me a lot, um, was to get over the fear of death. And to realise that we are in a win-win situation. And I'm not saying I want people to die, I'm not saying I don't want people to get healed. But I think to live your whole life with the fear of death is a really awful place to be. And a lot of the issues around sickness are fear, okay, not only fear of death, but fear of pain and suffering as well. But um, there's this little verse, I think it's in... Let me find it before I... For us, the issue of death is it's win-win. If we live, it's great. If we die, it's great. Once you, once you're, um, once you, once you've got to that place, and I'm not saying it's great to, you know, lose your family members and your friends. I mean, it's horrible. It hurts. Grief hurts, and you know, at the, this moment in time, you know, we we live in a in pain sometimes and sufferings but we have a hope oh, is it? Might be. Hebrews. It's Hebrews or Romans, maybe it's Hebrews. yeah it's Hebrews okay so uh, Hebrews 2 says um, In so much, 14, in so much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, so that's, that's saying we are, you know, our bodies, flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. So Jesus shared in our flesh and blood. And then it says that through death, so that's through his death, the death of his physical body, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So in it, through the death of Jesus, who was flesh and blood like us, he destroyed he who had the power of death, and that is the devil. So he who has the power of death has been destroyed by Jesus. And in verse 15 it says, And release, so set free, those who through fear of death 
were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you get it? So what it's saying is, because Jesus' death destroyed he who had the power over death, which is the devil, there's no power in death anymore. And therefore, there has been a release to those who, through fear of death, being afraid of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And it's true. People who are afraid of dying never live. They never live their life. Because they're always afraid of dying. And it's just it's just really awful um, to live afraid of dying. And I think when I was younger, I mean, when I was in my teens, I was afraid of dying. I was afraid of getting older and dying. And, and I think, I, I don't know whether everybody comes to the point where they're not or what, or, or what happens, but I think... I don't want to die. I've got loads of things to do. I enjoy living. I've got family, you know. It's not on my agenda to just die. You know, that's called depression. You know, that's called not thinking right. But I literally, these days, I don't fear death. I'm, because there's n- death has no sting. There's no power over me, the fear of death. And I think... That's one of the things when it when it comes to healing. It's like in a way, yes, I can get really upset that I paid for you and you you know your cancer didn't get healed. But there's no defeat in a way because it's win-win. You know, if you live with your healing, fantastic. It's going to be awesome, and and I really hope we see lots more people living with their healing because that's going to be awesome to see that. And. Um, but every one of those people who live with their healing is going to die one day until Jesus comes back. And therefore we will die. We will all die. But death doesn't have a sting anymore. There's no fear in death because actually we're already living our eternal life. Our eternal life doesn't start once we die. It's already started. So nothing changes once we die except we don't have this physical body on this earth anymore. Um, so I think dealing with fear of death is quite a big breakthrough in healing. And it's not heartless. I, I really want to see people here. I hate people suffering with sickness. It's horrible. You know, there's some horrible suffering in sickness. And, and you know, I, I, I would love to be able to minister better to those who are sick and see them heal because that's, you know, be awesome um, but I'm not going to stop doing it because I don't see it every time so anything else thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk